So, mm-hmm. you know, um, she keeps me in line, but, you know, she, she was booking our flights mm-hmm. and the, you know, the Airbnb and our rental car to go out there. And it was being able to do certain things like that. And I almost don't share some of those things, but I was ha- I was having a conversation about this a couple weeks ago, which um, led me to be a little more vocal about it because I understand in my heart it does not come from a point of pride at all. I, I know my heart behind it, and I know why I did it. Um, it was actually a great conversation with an awesome friend of mine, Josh Dees. Oh, yeah, Josh. I, I, will, I will see you in just a little while, buddy. Yes, he gets me uh, every Friday at 11. Oh, yeah, um, I drive by for a, for a cut. It's kind of my man spa day and an amazing time. He does the whole t- hot tile, the, you know, the straight razor shave, yes, and the wash, and, and everything. And it's always, uh, of course, my my buddy Josh is a believer in Christ as well, so we always have a great spiritual conversation. And it's just an awesome cap to the end of the uh, uh, the office week and into my Saturdays where I more so shift over into, you know, the, the behind-the-company growth and yeah. sales and all of those sort of things. So that said, you know, we're taking a look at um, – he's the one who encouraged me uh, to, to share this a little more. And we were taking a look at Chris – scheduling all of those things for me he, like i said setting up the airbnb and the rental car when we got in and our flights and i have i'll just say family yeah. to keep it general that they're younger they're just that they can't anticipate you know something like that popping up and having an unexpected hotel trip yeah. They can't fit that into the monthly budget. And I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm harping on anyone, you know, yeah. but th- th- they're just not at that point in life. Um, and I've been there and understand that. Yeah. So it was an, um, it may seem, again, so small, so trivial, yeah. but to be able to say, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah. There's a house for all of us. There's a vehicle when we get in. And then what, what jogged my memory on this is what we were just talking about, you know, Chris scheduling our flights. Well, that's a short flight. You don't need first class on this one. You know, yeah. it's not about that. I'll ride an economy. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, it's not about me. It was about exposing my babies to that. Yeah. When they travel with daddy, they see how daddy travels. Yeah. They stay in the resort. They yeah. fly first class. Yes, sir. They get the optimum treatment and the optimum experience. That's it. That's it. I expose them. They do optimal valet. Yeah. Yes, She's climbing out the car getting treated like a princess, palm in hand. And it's nothing about being bougie. Nope. It's nothing about pride. I wouldn't do it if I was alone. Mm. I don't care anything about it or being seen. I'll do it you know, in areas where no one knows me. Yeah. The areas where I arrive and no one knows me. And up until this time, I never conversation with Josh. I don't share those things, yeah. you know, myself and the immediate family. Yeah. The only ones who knows and needs to know. Um, I only say it for an example here because it may benefit someone, and it may draw them out of a certain mentality. You know, sometimes people see those things. I get it because I used to, yeah. flashy and this and that. No, no, because usually the person doing it, the person providing it, doesn't care anything about that. And I and I, I understand that now being in those shoes. It's all about changing the mindset of my babies. So when it's time for them to take that torch, that's norm for them. That's their living standard. So now they can elevate. Now they can elevate. Something subconsciously shifts in them to this. Daddy showed us this is the bare minimum. 
and they showed us that what's possible and also showed you Ooh. what's possible. And that's a big thing because actually you said if someone reached and get it, you, it hit me because I know I, I experienced that type of lifestyle by myself when I was out there in California and everything else yeah. too. And I haven't did that yet with my kids. One, I'm trying to make them, <laughs> I want it's, it's different teaching things, but yeah, at the same yeah. time too, I do want to start doing something like that for my kids. I'm like, you understand like, hey, this is what's possible because as a man thinker, so is he. Boom. And I tell my son them every That's day. Heavy. I tell my son them every day. I was like, nah, don't tell me you can't do something. And I tell my daughters, my daughter the same thing. I was like, hey. What was that word you used? Uh, don't, uh, which one? Don't, don't say. The C word. Can't, oh, can't. Yeah, yeah, we don't use that. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that. We don't know that. Hey, you can. Or you, or we working on getting there. Boom. That's, that's I, it. I need your help getting here with this. We can work on this. Yeah. My children know, don't use that word in my house. Yes. I don't believe in it. It's a. That's the cuss word exist. to me. That's the cuss word. It and then exist. my grandma and my mother, they they say, oh, you've been too hard. I was like, no, they understand. I experienced, I seen the other side, and I seen a little bit of my potential, what I could do. And I was like, no, I know what my kids need to get to yes. this level yes. that it took me so long to get to, and I can help them. If we get it right now and they get that mindset, like focus on this, we don't have to wait until 25 and all these exactly. life experiences to learn the same thing. Exactly. I learned this for them. Exactly. Learn from my growth and learn from my mistakes. And, yes. Start start ahead of me. Yes. Cause so like you can my get son, further than I ever get. Exactly. Because my son, it's funny, like, it's funny, you know, your kids actually come up right behind you and end up doing similar things that you was doing at that age or you wanted to do, and now you give them potential to do that. Because my son, he got a play today at the uh, little theater downtown. And like he's acting, and like that's always something I always want to do. Awesome. And awesome. I see him right now. I was like, man, people are like, oh, you mad at him for it? I was like, no, I encourage him. I'm hard on him because I know he could be better than me. My role, the goal in life, is to make sure my kids are better than me in every aspect, in every form that I went in right. and went down. So I'm looking at my son. I was like, man, he got the potential to be bigger than anything in my. I'm, I'm, I'm praising. I'll make sure I'm there at every event. But I love it because. Uh, like I tell them, like every day, like hey, one thing I struggled with, what I knew would help me back back then was my reading. I was like, no, you want to be a on TV, you gotta be able to read. That's right. If you can't read, you can't be a superstar. You got the gold board up in the kitchen, you read every day. Boom, you gotta be. If you want to be a superstar, you gotta That's be able awesome. to read. That's awesome. If you ain't reading, like every day, Growth, man. Growth, every day, you know. And I think there has to be balance there. You you yeah. made a good point, you know on. There being that, yeah, teaching them certain things, you know, exposing them to the good, exposing them to certain things, not not just from a, you know, a a, a wealth or a financial or a material perspective no. at all. That's that's not the end all be all to that. No. That's just one aspect, but also the reaffirming side, the discipline, the working hard. And I don't think I, I've come to learn this because coming from a, a, a very much a poverty mindset as a child into my past and young adulthood. I was really, really trapped in that. Yeah. It really, you know, people look at me today and just, and they don't know where I came from. Yeah. I was very, very, you know, um, trapped inside that mindset at one time. And I don't believe that it is the exposure to nice things and luxuries in life or even giving my children things that spoils them at all. 
it's solving their issues. Yeah. They can enjoy the nice things in life. Don't solve their issues. Yeah. Help them, push them in growth, but don't step in and be the helicopter parent. That's your problem. Sort it out, figure it out, grow from it. Yeah. Cause like I do, I do something similar to that with my son. But okay, you putting me in a better perspective of everything just then. But like, uh, when like me and my son wrestle every now and then, and like I put, I one thing he hates most is like I got him in a bear hook and he can't move. <laughs> so main thing I tell him, calm down, breathe. You can't do nothing when your emotions out of That's out it. of whack. That's it. Now figure it out. Look at every angle to figure out how you got to get out. By any means necessary, you figure out how to get out. It don't matter how yeah. much pain you put me in, figure it out. Control, control your emotions and strategize. Strategize. Like, my little girl, she's getting into the point where she can do it now. But, like, yeah. Because, like, like, I don't even whoop my kids. I, I hate that. Because, like, one thing growing up, after they get whooping, my mom always say, I love you. So it gave me a false, like, concept of what love is. I don't want to be physical with these people because, like, I don't want you to think, oh, I got to hit you to break, say, I love you. So, like, I make them do push-ups and sit-ups and everything else, too, as a discipline. But then, like, I just try to make sure, like, they understand, like, hey, yeah. focus. Focus on everything around you versus, like, what's going on right now. Yeah. Control your emotions. And I just never put my hands on my kids. Like, I may thump my them every now and then when I'm like, hey, can't get no push-ups. When it's immediate, but... And, and I can see and appreciate yeah. that stance. Um, for me, I, I go back to a, a scriptural stance, and, and I don't just mean... Spare the rise, spare the well, and, and not even just from a, a spanking standpoint, yeah. but an overall, you know, a discipline standpoint from a agape love. You know, yeah. there's different types of love. Oh, you said something. Hey, agape, hey, what you love? That's, that, this is, this that's is, the ultimate. Absolutely, and this is it's unconditional love. Yeah. So I think a lot of is it, this goes from children to society in general, and it's part of a reason, like we were talking about earlier, of why we are what we are. Yeah. People misrepresent love yeah. all the time and what love really means. Um, I think even from a, even in religious circles and in spiritual circles, um, and I don't use... Uh, I don't use religion in a fond way. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, not not a, not a huge fan there. Um, you know, but breaking outside that mentality, but that's where that's where it's very very prevalent. You know, people, especially in our Western culture, turn it into this like peace, love, uh, you know, hippie Jesus yeah. type, type movement. No. Um, that ain't that ain't the God of the Bible. At no. least not the one I'm reading. No. You know? Um, and don't get me wrong, he he does love us. He is a God of love. Man, I can't even describe to you the love I've seen him show me in my life that is, when I say unconditional, I mean really completely un undeserved. Un yes. You know, and, and you know, unmerited um, on my end. But he still loves me. That doesn't mean he hasn't disciplined me, punished me. And a lot of times, you know, and... and and modern society, we, we try to separate those as well. But that's not the way that the Lord talks about it. Mm -hmm. I even see, I even hear Christians try to separate the two. And that's not the way the Lord talks about it. Nope. And when his hand came against us, you know, you look at the, uh, you look at the, the Israelites that spent 40 years walking in circles in, in the desert. Circle. After coming out of Egypt, you know, you look at past them from Moses, you know, passing, talking about passing the torch yeah. on, on to Joshua, you know, and then some of those same, what was this, the warnings he gave, yeah. you, you read through Deuteronomy and Numbers and, and, and Joshua and, and 
a lot of those books back to back in the uh, kind of midway through the Old Testament, and you hear warning after warning after warning after warning, and and if you really not read it in context, it sounds like God. This is the this is the God that y'all talk about. That's full of love. Yeah. All he talks about is hurting his children, yeah. and I use the, the word hurt very very loosely. Uh, coming against them is probably a, yeah. a lot better uh, figure of speech there. That said, if you put it in context, yeah. I love you. I want to give you this. This is what I want for you. This is what you have access to. Same yeah. thing. There. I've given you exposure to this. You see the promised land over there. The flows with milk and honey. Yeah. I want you to have this. I need you to be here, though. Yes. I need you to be here. Yeah, I get to a certain level in order to That's receive it. that. He's just trying to push you to that, and sometimes you need that yes. structure and that discipline to get Absolutely. you there. And it's that forewarning. Yeah. If you walk away from this, here's what's coming. And his and if you read the end of his forewarnings, it, it's always a point of, but I will never leave you. If yeah. you do this, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and it's worse and worse. And if you still don't turn around and repent, this is going to happen. If you still don't turn around and repent, this, this is going to happen. happen. But at the end of the day, I will never break covenant with you. I will never leave you. It, it just means you've broke covenant with me. Yeah. I will never leave you. And the moment at your lowest low, if you just turn around and repent and humble yourself, I'll bring you out of that. Yes, sir. Hey, you, you said a mouthful because... I know it ain't just me, but God has brought a lot of us out of that because that first, like, that's our first love. Like, Brother, myself. Exactly. Myself. I, I don't know it from scripture. You know, from experience. I know, I know from, from my, experience. I walked it. Hey, I walked it. And I tell people. I've been that hard-headed person. Yes. You know, it, you know, it's so funny, man, because so we, so we, in life, you know, we look back at these biblical characters, and, and, and a lot of people, I think, don't even realize that. You know, I, I hear people, you know, of different beliefs, you know, reference the Bible and, you know, different conspiracies there, different, uh, you know, they talk about conflicts and this and that. Yeah. I don't think they really understand scripture. Yeah. Uh, or, or, of course, they wouldn't have some of the same opinions. And they don't realize a lot of it's just history. Yep. A lot of it's literally just Is there a history book? Yeah, it's just recorded history. Uh, and they point out certain things. Well, we didn't realize God was for that. Well, no one said God was for that. That's literally just scripted history. Exactly. That was the laws of the land at that, that time. time. You know, um, of course, there's you know, different angles there, different, you know, book per book, story per story. That said, you know, reeling all that that down to, um, you know, a lot of times we'll take a look at that and we're shaking our head at them. Yeah. 40 years, you just couldn't get it right over and over and over. What do we do the first 40 years of our life? Not get it right. What do we do in our experiences? Yeah. It's so easy to look back at, you know, and point the great men of God, yeah. King David. He oh, did yeah. what? He did this. He did, and you're just. But he's still I, a man after God's own heart. Boom, boom. And, and, and even taking that a step further, man. They didn't have the ability to see what was coming, at least in the Old Testament. They knew it. It, it was foreshadowed, and it was declared, and it was you know prophesied. Christ was coming. Here's what it's going to be. They never got the chance to see that. We're looking at this After. hindsight 2020. It's, it's real easy to look on this side of the script. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't know. We got the <laughs> rest of the book. Day. <laughs> we got the rest of the book. They didn't have the book. <laughs> you know? they, they were writing the book that's at that right. time. So. That's right. You know, but it applies to our life, and that's why I say I don't just know from Scripture. What's funny, mine was a little backwards, man. So yeah. I didn't. I did not know that some of that screw. Of course, I grew up in church and grew up religious and a lot of those things, and, and we'll kind of go a little deeper into that. But yeah. um, 
I didn't know some of that scripture and then live it out. I lived it out and then I recognized my mirror in scripture. Yes. Because I was never big in the Old Testament. I, I never dug that deep into a lot of this. And now I'm rereading it and, re- and I'm, I'm scrutinizing. Right now I'm 13 weeks into a, a certain reading where I'm, I'm pairing Old Testament with New Testament and kind of hitting the Psalms at lunchtime. And, man, look, connecting the dots there and then to my own life as well. It's like, Lord, I see every moment you were with me. And where you wasn't. Absolutely. Actually, never wasn't. He was always with you. Where I walked away. Yeah. I see where I walked away, yeah. and I see where you were still there. Yeah. Your hand was still over me. I see what you were doing, and I see my reflection in your word over and over and over, you know? Yes. Um, and I think it's a, it's, a, um, it's a really awesome thing where I'm actually doing this American um, concept right now. It's by uh, Kirk Cameron, okay. same, same author of The Love Dare. Okay. There's some sub-authors there, but he's okay. he's kind of the face of the Love Dare. And the Love Dare movies, the Love Dare book. I think I know you're talking about uh, yeah. Like a, a marriage healing book, a very, very faith-based, scripture-based. Um, so it's an awesome book. Okay. Um, they have another um, – they have another – so Kirk Cameron actually has this other project where it's more of a American family um, mm. project in nature where it's bringing God back into the household, and it's the recognition – that that is the root of where it starts. Yeah. If we can have, you know, revival in us as men, revival as us in the household as a family unit, that's how you make changes nationwide. We mentioned, we mentioned it earlier, brother. Yeah. That's a heart problem. Yeah, it's a heart problem. It's not yeah. all these little issues that are highlighted. It's a heart problem. That's the root. Ooh. So if, if we can, you know, take some of the things that we express that we enjoyed, some of the good from our own childhood. And yes, we have all these highlighted bad and this trial and this hurdle and this front, you know, all of those things we had to overturn. But if we can take some of those those Ooh. goods and highlight yeah. that, make, maybe make them – they're not just a part of our life. We, we, we like to do that in life as general as humans. You know, Ooh. God's over here, works over here. You know, the, the church on Sundays over there. We'll stick that with God, and then we'll put the family, and we'll put marriage. No, it's no, like, yeah. that's it's all together. So the way that I see it, God is my center, and and, and you got to read a little bit deeper. If if not, you'll take this very very cliche. Huh. Not only everything being centered around God, I know that gets tossed around a lot, but really, really apply that on a daily level of everything that I do is worship. Yeah. The way that I speak to you is how you, my thoughts. Yes. When I go out of here, yes. the way that I treat people, when I go to work, the way that I perform for my clients. That's how. Hey, cause look, cause so, uh, like how you said it, cause um, people don't understand. Like people think, oh. Praise is just like a word. No, it's the way you act. Because look, God, yes. God don't care. Look, people think God cares about this and that. No, He just wants you to experience life with Him. Yes. He said He He just wants you to walk with Him through your day to day with life and be like, yes, I know He's there. And how I walk is basically my praise to Him. And That's like an awesome analogy. And earth also, it goes back to like what you were saying about like bringing Christ back into the home. So I, as soon as you start saying that, I was like, and you know, you said Christ is. In your heart, so think home is where the heart is. So you gotta just that's it. That's it. <laughs> hey, that's it. Bring your heart that's, back. That's where the dots connect, you know. And like I said, it's it's everything that I do, man. You mm-hmm. know, like I say, from from work, to the way that I 
treat my clients, I mean, when they're not looking. Yeah. The way that I handle their projects is if they were my own, as if I'm working on God's house. The yeah. way that I raise my children, the way that I love my family, the way that I so so some of those um, ideologies and the and the goals and the, yeah. and, the, and the aspirations. You know, we were talking about earlier about you know first generation with family land, first ones to run a business, first ones to do all these things. It's not about those things. Nope. It's not about those things at all. It's not doing those things. It's not saying we were the first to do. It's mm-hmm. about doing everything that I do to the absolute best of my ability. And beyond that, through his ability. Yes. Because there's, there's, there's almost, there's a lot of things I can't do on my own. And I need his hand truly in everything. Yes. In everything I need his hand in it. So it's about doing everything to the absolute best of my ability, leaving no cards on the table because that's true gratitude for the life he gave me. Not only glorifying him in this life, but as I look forward into eternity with him and actually have an eternal life in the first place through him, how can I respond in any other way? Everything that I do, every thought, every action, every word is worship. That is. It's worship. Yes, sir. Ooh. You know, and, and you and you carry that on when you do some of these things that we're describing with you with your children. So connecting the dots there, we mentioned a religious base or a godly base that we had over here in childhood. Yeah. Okay, that taught us something. Let's not let it be a section of life. In our households, in our life, in our children, in our hearts and minds, let's make that the center. Okay. Let's make that the absolute center where our children get that a highlighted version of that on a different level, where they understand that's not a, that's not a section, that's not a subsection of life that is life. Yeah. God is life. I don't worship God over here and then go to work or go to school or go play with my friend. They're living the same life we are. Everything they do is worship. That's one thing that I try to make my children understand when you're taking that little spelling test, yeah. when you're reading your book and you're studying, when you're playing. When you're out there on the baseball field. Oh, yeah. When you're swinging, when you're catching, when you're running. Everything. If, if, if my little girl, little man's still getting it. He just turned three in yeah. December. <laughs> my, little, my little Liam, <laughs> Liam Judah. My little girl, Ryland, she just turned seven. Oh, our kids, our kids are the same age. That's, that's, look, that's look, my son, he'll be seven in May, and my little girl just turned three that's in right, February. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listeners may not know, you know. <laughs> If you asked Rylan right now, un- unprompted, how do we do everything we do? She would tell you, with all of our heart. With all of our heart. It's not just some motivational mantra there. Yeah. It goes back, it takes root in exactly what I just described. We're doing it with all of our heart for a reason, not just to be the best. We want to be the best because God's made us be the best, and our, our best glorifies him. Hey, my, oh my God! That's how we worship, man. That's, That's a, how we worship. We hit the nail on the head. It's, it's not, you know. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I was doing it on the way here, brother. Yeah. I was outside of here, praying, worshiping, digging into Word, digging into um, you know, Judges this morning, and that has its place. That's a part of that growth. That's a part of that worship. That's a part of seeking Him. Yeah, you know. That's not the only form of worship. No. Nope. Like you said, pray, yeah, praise his name, absolutely. I tell you, as you see, I give every opportunity I can because he's been so good to me, because yeah. he loved me first. But truly, that daily life is my worship. 
You know, we sing it in songs. Yeah. Let my life be my testimony. Let my life be my worship. But then we in that song, we go about daily life. And then we don't let it worship. See, and that's why I see, like, this generation is the generation that I say can actually apply what they what they read. And not, not just what they read, what they practice. Because I try to, like, I tell people, like, yeah, I don't go to church every Sunday. But my walk with God is my personal walk with God. He's with me every day. It ain't just, like, I can go I can go to church. I know a lot of people go to church, but they ain't walking. They ain't walking. Like, I was like, yeah, this everything that I, I got right now is because of God. So everything I do now is for Ooh, him. And look, that's, that's right. why I'm trying to make sure. I know that's right. Like, even with this, this is for, not just for me. It actually ain't even had nothing to do with me. This is so the people coming after me won't have to go through the same struggles that I had to go through. And the people that I know went through some struggles went through. So we're using this as teaching points and being the stepping stones that's for it. the next generation. That's it. Not even just my kids. I'm talking about the for people in, you're reaching. Ex- the people exactly. You're reaching by doing this. Exactly. So that's why I I said, man, really, like you said, our actions in life is how we praise Him. That's it. So if y'all walk is not, if you're 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 talking the talk but you're not walking the walk, you're you're, you're not doing the best of your ability. So, Faith without works is dead. And it, exactly, and you're just walking around in circles. That's it. <laughs> and That's it. you're gonna keep around those circles until you get to that promised land. It's a lack of gratitude, you know. Um, yes, I sir. think it's where that where that heart is stemming from. Yes, sir. You know, that, that's a spiritual issue there. I, don't, I think in, in today's generation, it's not popular to identify things like that, but it's the truth. Yeah, it's the truth. It's a spiritual condition. Yes, it's what sir. it truly amounts to. But, you know. Tying that back over to family, like I said, I'm 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 hitting this you know little American family program with through Kirk Cameron. It's an awesome book that goes through a lot of these things of practical ways that we bring Christ back into the household, and I think that's so important because it, it truly does. It starts with the family and talking about glorifying God through our life. That is one of those foreshadowings or mirror images of Him, of His purpose, of His will, and of His love, and it's the way we glorify Him. Him seeing that family unit, uh, you know, under his covenant, yeah. it's one of the biggest ways that we please and glorify him in life. And, of course, and, and I speak on that, you know, openly as, as a divorced man, you know, not proudly, but as a divorced man. Uh, you know, we, we highlight certain sins. We highlight, yeah. you know, um, you know, certain experiences as worse than others, but it's not the way he sees it. Um, but I think also think you can um, you can do something, go through something, experience something, and you can still speak out against it. Yeah. After, because of the growth that came from that. Yes. You know, um, and that's we, a, that's just a true sign of actual growth. Well, you know, we were talking a little bit before we got started about you know, um, testimony. Yeah. And you know, um, I tell you what, I tell you what, I, I think we'll I think we'll circle around to some of the questions you wanted to cover, and I'll lead into that because it makes a lot more sense that way. You oh, were yeah. talking about some of the weightlifting. Oh yeah. Let's hit on that, and I think that'll really, really make a lot of sense. Tying from that childhood and pride, and in, into that career, and on over into adulthood, because a lot of those things are really leaner. Yeah. You know? okay. okay. So basically, if people don't know this. He was actually a professional, uh, like this guy. Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna go to his grandfather, because his grandfather, <laughs> um, rest rest in peace. Uh, Thanks, because his his Pate, 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 Pate. Mr. Pate, but. Uh, yeah, he, this old guy in the gym, 
came up to me a couple like when I first started working out at Anytime Fitness. Uh, talking about he can lift seven hundred pounds and everything, and you look at the guy, you like <laughs> look at him like he's crazy. Okay, and stuff. <laughs> okay, and then like working out Put and everything. You at home. Yeah, he's like yeah. Uh, he's like, I got uh, my grandson, Jesse. I was like, Lacoste? He's like, yeah. I was like, I know Jesse. He went home with the first there day. He's like, and I was like, wait, you probably did lift 700 pounds because <laughs> I know how much Jesse can live. So, yeah. So, I, at that point, I was like, yeah, I might have to take this from pointers. But let's go ahead and get into this. Like, Yeah, man. So, uh, <laughs> of course, the, you know, we were talking about earlier. That's where I got a lot of my start. You know, I come from a long line of weightlifters. Yeah. I come from a long line of weightlifters. And um, my not only my papa, my mama's side, and I can appreciate, I appreciate those condolences yeah. there. Um, you know, he was a big part of that inspiration for me. Um, you know, some of the things you're referencing in the yeah. gym, that's it's him in his 80s, you know. Still had yeah. biceps on him. Still, oh, still was cut up. Still, cut you know, from, compared from, like, most of these people that be in the gym? Absolutely. Yo, he, you know, yeah, he, he still and, got and, it. And still did really, really well. And, uh, you know, that was my inspiration because him as a, him as a you know, 20s and 30s and, and 40s and even onto his 50s was, like he used to put it, much of a man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, of course, my daddy as well. Yeah. You know, uh, my daddy was uh, one of the strongest men I've ever known and was a, as an absolute bull. And, of course, he, you know, he passed away when I was um, – very young, 17, yeah. um, but he was my greatest inspiration. You know, uh, most people look at this. Some of the ones that I did too, you know, the Arnold poster yeah. on the wall and this and that, and, and those were great. And the Jay Cutler in our area. Oh, yes, uh, sir. Hey, Jay Cutler. Know, Ronnie Coleman, you know, those, those were the men in, in those days. But I looked at my daddy because I would look at my daddy being, you know, um, at least some of the powerlifters just as big and stronger, you know. Um, and, and had a, a way of, he was truly a, a powerful man. So he, he really had a way of bringing, um, and, and he was the start of, of this same, um, this same skill set of my own, bringing the gym onto the field, equating, you know, power, or I'm sorry, strength into power, yeah. functional power, you know, something he did very, very well. And, and he taught me, and I don't know that I ever captivated the way that he did. Um, but I felt like he taught me a lot in that regard. He would have me out there, man, weightlifting at, you know, in elementary school. And, of course, I was just excited to be beside him. I was yeah. I was daddy's boy through and through, you know. Um, I was his sidekick for sure. And I would be out there. I remember all we had, you know, the old house out there in the village, and we had the big oak tree and some little concrete weights, the little rusted bars. Oh, yes, sir. And, you know, I'd be out there pretending, six, seven, eight years old, <laughs> pretending I was doing something, mimicking them. You know, even if I had little sticks in my hands uh, and then progressing on to, okay, you know, he's actually sticking out here with me an hour a night multiple times a week. He's here the whole time. It's not just playing. He has an interest in this. Yeah. So as I got a, a little bit more appropriate age where I wouldn't hurt myself, um, you know, dropping things and all, um, he let me start small stuff, little three-pounders, five-pounders, this and that, just messing around, going through the motions, yeah. going through the motions. And then at about nine we actually had the ability to build this little, truly a, a glorified shed in the back, a little d detached building. Yeah. We converted it into a gym. And I, I mean, actually a really, really nice little setup. Um, it was kind of one of his uh, his goals in life to yeah. have, and he really, really saved for a long time and did all, you know, of course, self-built, you know, in here. 
and had all it looked like a mini commercial gym mirrors all the way around very nice equipment oh, right. everything that you needed the tv station and of course it was a giant box back then oh yeah <laughs> and I the treadmill boxes. <laughs> everything you know mini mini little gym but everything you truly needed and, and for us it was state-of-the-art you know it seemed like everything um oh, yeah. and me being so young um it appealed to me even more in, in having something like that in our backyard so daddy had been a, an avid avid weightlifter for all his life um and a huge huge strong fellow so having that inspiration right beside me, of course, pushed me. And then the older I got, realizing, you know, if Daddy can, I can. Exactly. Pick up some of those keys, the same thing we're just talking on. Exactly. If Daddy can, I can, you know. Um, and, and he really, really shaped and molded my mindset in that. Hey, so-and-so can do it. If I can do it, if they can do it, you can do it too. Yeah. It's doable. It's achievable, yeah. you know. And right at about 9, 10 years old, that's when he really, really let me start truly lifting oh, yeah. um, and training. And from about 10 to 12, those summers, I've seen a lot of progress. And I think between 12, 13, that's when I really started to, to truly realize, hey, there's potential. Even that young, there's true potential here. Um, that's the age that you start hanging out outside the neighborhood a little more, staying oh, yeah. the night with friends from school and, and those sort of things. And I would go in the gym with with them. They'd have little garage gyms, you know, or, or room gyms, and going in there working out with with buddies or with their dads yeah. and start outperforming their dads oh, as, yeah. as, a, as a preteen. Yeah. And that's when I realized, okay, there's, you know, I'm not just strong. There's there's something here. There's there's a there's a gift here, you know. And and I would hear my daddy, but it was it was my daddy. Yeah. So I, I believed him, but I thought some of it was just him encouraging me, puffing me up. And I think that's when you know, a couple uh, bench press competitions with with friends' dads at 12 years old, and you start you know, uh, <laughs> throwing down like that, you you start to realize, okay, wow, wow, I do have a you know a talent here, and that motivates you more. Yeah. That pushes you to work that much harder. And that's a beautiful thing when you start to recognize that. It's such a, a joy and excitement to kind of really open up that passion yeah. in a certain avenue in life. And it was uh, it was about a year removed, um, well, I guess a little more than a year removed, in Ransom when I set their record. You know, oh, yeah. when we were still there, uh, 305 pounds at 158-pound weight class. Damn. Cause I know uh, Josh Barnes. Oh no, not Josh Barnes. Uh, what's the dude? He ended up going to the Marines. What's his name? It was kind of cut too. Uh, Joshua Barnes. That was his name. Oh yeah. I wasn't sure if you're referring to him or not. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's yeah. a good boy too. Yeah. There's a lot of old buddies that you know we we used to enjoy you know uh, lifting together and 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 you know hanging out and everything. He was a good fella. Yeah. Um. Um. A lot of the fellows that I came up with that were closest to me, naturally, you gravitate to the same things. Fo- yeah. football, football and weightlifting, you know. Oh, um, <laughs> but that was the, I think that was the, a turning point event for me. It, it was my first accomplishment there. And obviously being something that, you know, that's kind of the weight you throw around. Um, you know, back in my day, I used to do this as a college, whatever, yeah. you know. Um, and me legitimately doing those things as a young teen, even in, in middle school, right. um, and setting records with it, I think that's what truly opened my eyes to there's pro-level potential here. I'm still just a kid, and I'm setting records um, 
when I didn't even know some of these things existed on a competitive level. Exactly. You know, um, and moving into high school, of course, um, that passion just grew and grew and grew, and it, that, that consumed a lot of my life. And honestly, it was an outlet. It was a great, great thing for yeah. me. Um, of course, you know, I had a kid very, very young, if you recall, and, and um, yeah. Yeah. six days before I turned 16 years old. You know, that was my life. Um, again, some of the things we were talking about earlier on with, with, you know, difficulties of childhood coming from rough areas, fighting, fighting in girls. Yeah. The fighting in girls was my downfall. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute downfall. I think it was everybody's <laughs> That was my, you know, uh, seemed to be highlighted in my, my story. And, and you know, it, that caused me a lot of trouble. And, of course, you know, children are blessings. Yeah. You know, so there's a... Uh, a lot of a lot of joy, a lot of blessing there, and and a lot of um, uh, outside of my own control. Very very um, detrimental, detrimental moves made towards me and towards my life and yeah. towards my little girl, Leah Blake, yeah. and. Uh, of course, in those days, she was just a little thing. She was a bug, you know. And being a young parent, as much as a child is a blessing, um, yeah. that's a whole level of, of fear of, you know, uh, yeah. excite, mixed with excitement, you know, mixed with many, many emotions, uh, stress, and that you don't know what to expect, you know. Um, so pulling myself out of some of those emotions, pull myself out of uh, some of the, the fighting and, the, hey, I have this to worry about now. Yeah. I have this looking, you know, I have this to concern myself with and I have her looking at me and I want to make some of these changes early. Um, recognizing, starting to be at the, at the, you know, the age where I'm not grown. I still have a very young, very immature mindset in a lot of ways, but in other ways, because some of my experiences, I grew up so fast yeah. that I did have a different perspective than most children that age. Because really, I was. I was still a child. Yeah. You know, a child having a child. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, there's, a, there's a recognition of, hey, this is where I came from. This is what I don't want to be a part of anymore. And still being somewhat interim and in the middle of that growth period, you know, with some years to come. Um, and weightlifting is one of those things that, Gave me an escape, gave me a therapy, um, gave me a focus, and channeled a lot of that energy into, you know, something positive, something to transform myself, rebuild myself physically. That way I could see and appreciate that same transformation and carry that over to mentally and spiritually yes. later points in life when I fully understood those things, you know. Um, and of course, you know, going throughout, you know, um, just kind of highlighting that, you know, going throughout that high school and post-high school career. Yeah. Of course, those I just came out of that shell and went deeper and deeper and deeper into that, um, you know, chasing, going from weightlifting to chasing certain dreams in bodybuilding and powerlifting specifically. Um, and then ultimately, you know, going pro and powerlifting. Yeah. And 
between 18 and 19 years old um, is when I really started to, to uh, shine. Of course, I wasn't there just yet. Um, still amateur and, and recreational and just a hobby, um, and a very obsessive hobby. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, of course, all through those years, though, it consumed all my life, my, my thoughts. I mean, I, I remember sitting in English class, sitting here, you know, writing down, if I just did this and this workout and just, you know, all these calculations. I had five pounds a week. By then, my max would be this, and <laughs> I could graduate, and I'll be benching this and squatting this. And, you know, and, and, and I thought it was silly, um, even sometimes at the time, or like, you know, early post high school removed. But through business, through goals and aspirations, and, and looking back now, I see how beautiful that was. I was doing things that I didn't even realize how important they were. Exactly. Writing it down, visualizing it. Brother, I can tell you, I can't, I can't even describe how many times I sat in math class or, or was laying in bed at night waiting to fall asleep or whatever the case may be, and I was literally visualizing myself benching 500 pounds, squatting this, or whatever the case may be, seeing myself doing it, writing down the goals, you know, taking a dream to a goal, to a plan of action, and then executing that plan of action. I just didn't know what I, I didn't know how to describe it that way back then. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, I'm just writing stuff down. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just obsessed. Um, but now I see the beauty of that and how it comes full circle. And then, of course, you know, we, we moved out to um, um, myself and my daughter's mother, um, Rylan's mom, we, we moved out to Cuff Shores as very young adults, and I was actually um, connected to a small little uh, dungeon-style gym out there, <laughs> a really, really neat little place. It was owned by a, a former NBC competitor and had a lot of um, uh, com- competitors or former competitors and powerlifters, strongmen, bodybuilders, you know, all the likes. So it was very much a meathead gym. Hey, know? nothing wrong with meatheads. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's like we were talking about before. You I'm know, trying to get it to a meathead. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you know, a lot of your, you know, your modern, you know, commercialized gyms don't really have a place for that, or it's a very small spot. And, and I get it from a business standpoint nowadays. Yeah. You know, you're following the market. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you really gotta service the women and the elderly. Yeah, that's where the money comes from. That's where the volume comes from. So it, it, not maliciously. But it indirectly pushes guys like us, if not out, into a back corner. All right, here's your the little, little, little square. Here. You got this little square right here. That's right. That's <laughs> stay right. You know, stay in there and, and, and don't be too loud. <laughs> so, you know, you really can't. Um, and I've never really been so much of a showboat lifter or someone very loud or a grunt or anything like that. But Only at Planet Fitness. Only at Planet <laughs> right. Fitness. Because, right. look, Planet Fitness, that fucking alarm well, pissed me off. So I was like, you know what? If you don't want to sound the alarm, make sure you sound every fucking time. I'll be in there just doing extra stuff just for no freak reason. It'll probably be like lightest weight, like 35. Like, just making people mad. <laughs> exactly. Just making people mad. You know, and so it, that, that said, it was very refreshing. Um, and I think that's what, what really opened the door for me to realize, okay, not only do I have a, um, a, you know, an ability or a talent or a gift here, and I can, I'm capable of this, but how do I even get recognized? How do I meet the right people? And, and, access to a lot of the people there and then surrounding connections through that um, is what led to me um, some of that recognition and even sponsorships of course you know, at one time um, you know when I was first making my carryover from powerlifting into um, strongman competitions is when um, 
I started to get recognized for sponsorships and those sort of things uh, through my early pro career. Okay. And that was a man that's rewarding <laughs> i look back at that now and of course I'm, I'm beat up from it we were talking about on the way in yeah. you know I've, I've torn my pecs five times you know uh one of those is that comeback i was the yeah. comeback i was trying to make you know what a year and a half ago or so and four of those were from that pro career or at least yeah. upcoming into that pro career and lifting that at that level man it does things to the body yeah. It's a great don't get me wrong, it's a great thing. It's it's you feel superhuman, you know, and 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 the Lord blesses you with these certain gifts and and gives you a, a platform. And now looking back, I wish I'd I'd known him closer at those times and it's still though, even this day, you know as, as you were pointing out, people still recognize me. Yeah. This this long removed yeah. for some of those achievements. Oh, yeah. And I think it still gives me that platform to connect with younger and older individuals that still carry that same interest um, to carry that over to glorifying Christ, exactly. you know, in, in every walk and every aspect. But it certainly does take its toll on the body. You know, of course, I, I had a, a, a well, well over 500-pound bench press and um, 545 true in, in comp form and, and a 560 um, gym lift. Yeah. Never, Never recorded. Never record, recorded, yeah. But uh, a different style, a touch and go. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, you know, because of my height and stature and all that, they would think I was a bench presser. Yeah. And I had a high bench press, but in because everyone usually has a, you know, every lift, I should say, has their primary lift. And I was actually a squatter. Oh, yeah. People would see me at a beginning competition or, you know, or even recreational, they would see me bench first and, and assume that because of me being, you know, my, my stature and everything. Um, though I do have long arms for my height. I, I, I hate that. So that doesn't really help me there, yeah. you know, but um, uh, I guess it didn't hold me back too terribly much. But, you know, then I would go on to squatting, and it was in that gym that I absolutely fell in love with squatting. I absolutely gained Ooh. a huge passion for squatting. My knees feel it every day. Every day? Hey, <laughs> every trust time. me, I'm with you on that because, uh, bro, I'm tall. So Ooh, yeah, that people, people, different. Hey, people don't understand the, the height differential yeah, when yeah. you're doing certain workouts. Yeah. Like, man, me going down to 90 versus anybody else is like <laughs> completely different. Like, I remember in high school, like I think my max I ever got to was like I got like four or five five hundred or something. Yeah. But bro, I I know I didn't go all the way down, but they gave it to me. But like understanding like, bro, the, uh, my knee's still popping. It just popped just then. <laughs> I'm with you. Every, every step I take, getting up and down to pray, that's Ooh. a different level. You know, but, you know, I look back at some of those times and some of the things I achieved, yeah. and it's so rewarding, you know. Um, some of my feats of strength seem, even to myself, unreal to me now. Yeah. Looking back, I really did that. You know, uh, it's just those God-given gifts and opportunities. I remember one time in that particular gym, and I think this is on some old social media, I had a 700-pound squat for seven reps, seven reps, and exactly a Thursday night and exactly a week earlier, 585, which is six plates on each side, yeah. for 15 reps, deep squat. And I, I knew that was outrageous at that time. And like I said, I look back at it now, 
it's mind blowing. It really, really is. And what's funny, I was having this conversation with a friend not long ago, though. You see yourself as that. And when you've accomplished something like that, yeah. and of course, I don't mean it in a, in a, in a boastful way, but in a, an exciting way, yeah. you know, in, in, a, in a point of gratitude, it's an awesome thing to be a part of, an awesome thing to, to, to accomplish. And, and, you know, all glory to Christ. But you look back on it and you don't realize how much you've changed. Yes. You don't realize, you know, um, that you're not that anymore. Yeah, you're not the same person. Yeah, and, and, and you, know, you meet people that didn't know you at that time, and you still see yourself as that in your mind, as in your head. Yeah. And if they didn't know that about you previously, it's a it's a rude awakening, you oh, know. Yeah. You used to do that, or or even little little hint of doubt, and it's like, <laughs> I guess I'm not what I used this to is, be. Oh no, I, that happened to me every day on this campus because, uh, like, four years ago, I was in the promotion and party and throwing the party scene like I remember one point every time I walk on the campus no matter who you was you knew yeah, who I was yeah, yeah. and everybody's like oh yeah, yeah boom 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 now it was like people was like oh yeah the party scene I was like yeah man back in the day I was like they was like uh-huh I was like no I got the videos I started showing the videos I was like dang I started realizing like, wait I'm not that same guy no more I was like that was a whole different message I was trying to push back That's then right. That's right. than I am now I was like that was like my more of my worldly being, uh, 100%. and then now more of my spiritual That's it. side, That's it. and more trying to connect and the empathetic side. Yeah, but yeah, it, it happens to it happens to the best of us. <laughs> I tell you, man, uh, you look at yourself now, and I, and I think you hold yourself to a higher standard because, yes. you know, like with with myself, you know, being a former pro athlete. I, of course, view myself very differently and probably a little harder on myself than most do. So yeah. I look at myself in a very, still a decent-sized guy in very normal shape. I still get, you know, through the checkout line and someone comment on my arm or something. I mean, and in my mind, I'm thinking. They're small as fuck. I'm not there yet. Talking to me? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, you, you're talking about the other guy. I know you ain't talking to me because <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know where I could have, where I was. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a really weird, and you got to remember, man, I got my injuries when I tore my esophagus twice. Was I was still twenty two, so it was a very very young, you know, uh, uh, career ending, and, and uh, that was a that destroyed me mentally in a lot of ways. You know, um, I dropped fifty pounds in ICU. I went from two sixty to two ten in ICU, and I and I, I woke up and 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 walked around after a while. Of course, first time I was out of bed. And walked around. I was a different person. I was a different man. And it was funny. It's it's kind of referencing what we were just, just describing there. That scenario of someone, you know, new nurses that didn't meet me would come in and yeah. make a comment about this or that. Especially the young, you know, guy nurses would, oh man, he got set arms on you and this or that. Well, I was shrunken, so I was even leaner. Yeah. And at two ten, at my height, I'm very very lean. Yeah. Looked like a competitive bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, they didn't know just how frail I was and how much I'd lost, how how much I'd shrunk, you know, and how weak I truly was on the inside. You know, but I'm not gonna say I fully had to learn how to walk again from a um, neural perspective, yeah. um, but from a muscle control and a um, truly from a muscle control and from a an aspiration aspect, you know, I, I could not get oxygen. Um, they had, you know, five blood transfusions on me. I'm sorry, there was one actually, emergency one after the last surgery, it was six blood transfusions and all. And 
when they do that, they still leave some room for growth there. So they, I still didn't have my full red blood cell count. So getting oxygen, I was still a pretty good-sized man. Yeah. Um, so getting into that and not being able to use my muscles for quite a long time and then being out of the bed for the very first time, I remember um, you know, my arm around um, my wife at the time and this one around my mama and you know, trying to get up and, and, and use uh, an actual restroom for the first time and taking the first five steps was like, I felt like I was 105. You're talking a workout. Yeah. You're, you know, you're talking to a man that mere weeks ago was was, had, had, you know, was 260 and had 700 pounds on his back and thought he was the Hulk and was, was repping it, was working out with it on video. You know? And then you're talking about mere weeks in the future. You never know what's coming. Yeah. I'm climbing out of a hospital bed, ICU bed for the first time, and I'm fighting my way, battling my way through baby steps to get halfway across the room and <sighs> I got need a break, need a break, need a break. I remember when I, I, I mustered up the strength to go the rest of the length of that room and I turned around and it's the first time the bathroom door was open in that in that hospital room. And I turned around and I saw my reflection for the first time. And I saw a different man. Yeah. That's a wild, wild event, you know. That's a lot to take in. And it's not just about, you know, not being big or strong anymore. It, it went so far beyond that. Um, I found out I was vulnerable. I found out I wasn't invincible. I found out how fleeting life was, yeah. you know. And all of the hard work that I put in for a, truly over a decade at that point, in a matter of moments. And, I, and at that point, of course, it was too early on. I was still healing from, from multiple emergency surgeries um, with large clamps inside my and GI tract. I didn't know if I could ever lift again. I was being told at that time I couldn't and wouldn't. Um, now, of course, by the grace of God, he always has a different story. Yeah. And I was able to go on and, you know, um, wasn't what I was before, but that was also never the goal. You know, by the time my situation got so severe and the absolute holes you know, ripped in my esophagus and after the first surgeries didn't take, when I had the last one, they told me it was an 8% um, chance of survival on something like that. Um, also, if you do survive, usually within a year, a couple of years, you're going to clasp me back yeah. attached to you. And then you usually don't last too much longer after that. Here I am, nearly a decade removed, and I've lived a normal life, a very normal life, and I've lifted again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been a little silly and hurt myself here and there, but you know, in some of those comebacks, yeah. um, on a very, very more, more of a hobby mindset, a recreational yeah. lifting, um, I've still thrown around almost 400 pounds on bench for in the teens and reps, you know, so f extremely incredible feats. And, and even a couple of years removed when I was still lifting somewhat regularly, um, you know, would walk into a gym and throw four, four twenty five, four oh five, four twenty five on a bench and take it for eight, 10 reps with ease, you know, uh, with many of the old fellas yeah. that I used to came up working with or working out with or, or, or train with, um, in pro times. And of course, now that was just even, I joke about some of the injuries and all that, but yeah. that was, uh, 
that was knowing better and, oh, and not practicing what I preach, you know, yeah. um, trying to train like a pro again and not living that pro lifestyle and taking care of my body like a pro hydration, optimal yeah. nutrition and all of those things. Um, so that's a little bit different scenario than there from some of the original injuries, but, um, you know, being able to even recover like that and it shows me that I'm capable. Hey, even in a state where I'm not taking care of myself and I don't train regularly and I just walk into a gym and be able to do some of those extreme feats of strength when possibly I shouldn't even be here. Um, that's an amazing thing. Bro, there ain't nothing but God right there, man. Oh, his hand. Oh, his, his hand. hand over me. But, man. So, we're going to go ahead and close this episode. But, uh, of course, you got to come back. Of course. Hey, when, hey, whenever you're available, come back. Absolutely. I need you back. But I always close it out with, like, biggest takeaway from this episode. Uh, so I'm going to yeah. let you go ahead and go first. Yeah. Something you want to leave the people with. So something that's for them to take away. Man, biggest takeaway from today and some of the things that items that we did get to cover and, and some of the things that we'll, we'll take a look at in the future is they all center back around to Christ. Exactly. Every bit of it centers back around to Christ. You know, from, from the way he shapes you and molds you, when he knows you before you knew him in childhood, coming up through every hurdle, you know, um, you know, working your way through those things, whether it be certain gifts he's given you to, you know, platforms he can put you on where you don't even know. You think it's for you at the time, and, and here you are this far removed uh, to different achievements and, and also um, to set you up for other successes in the future, you know, weightlifting to business, whatever the case may be, to family, to children, all of those things that are good and that you know and love. Again, all that's centered around him. And it's funny, man, when you take your eyes off those things and you put it on him, that's when those things start to flourish. And I've seen that hold true in my life so many times, so many times over. And it holds true today Amen. as we sit here today. It's Amen. an awesome thing, brother. It's an awesome thing, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on, man. man I appreciate you coming on. Time. Man, my biggest takeaway is, bro, Going back, piggyback off what you were saying. Faith without works is dead. That's it. That I'm, I'm keeping short this time. Faith without works is dead. Because man, we're we, we're both living testaments. That's it. That's <laughs> yes. it, man. That's, it's a beautiful thing, ain't it? Yes, sir. But I want yo Jesse. Thank you for coming on, man. Because you understand, I know this has helped somebody, uh, touch awesome. somebody, and I'm just excited for. I hope it does, the, man. I'm glad to be here. Yes, sir. All right, everybody, I want to thank y'all for tuning in for this episode from Boys and Men. Like always, before I leave, I leave y'all with this. Dreams, big dreams, because small dreams have a little magic. And how big would you dream if you know you couldn't fail? So until next time, peace, love, and happiness. Better throw some respect on my name. Gotta remind these folks on the daily. Cause I ain't really been myself fast lately. My mind's evolving and my heart is changing. Starting to see the world how it should be. It's positively sweet like a half full glass of tea. And I don't know every day my grandmama pray for me. And I know exactly what she probably say about me. Give that girl some love, joy.